Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of Grace Point Church in Atlantic, Iowa. My name is Don McLean. I'm the senior pastor here at Grace Point. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can check us out at gracepointatlantic.com. And in the meantime, grab your Bible and check out this week's sermon. All right. Well, I'm Paul Eichel, and I, this is still weird saying it. I'm the associate pastor here at the church. Uh, so welcome. Pastor Don is on vacation, has been on vacation this week and taking a few days off. And so, as I said to the youth, I, I, at first I said I get to, and then uh, I have the opportunity, not I, ha- I don't have to, I have the opportunity to share God's word this morning. So, uh, as I was preparing uh, this morning, I couldn't find my glasses. I was like, no, I need my glasses today. I, luckily, I had some readers, and so I'm going to be wearing them. But um, <laughs> I'm so glad I don't have to do these sermons every week. Uh, <laughs> maybe it gets easier, but I don't know how pastors do it. About six weeks ago, Pastor Don said he's going to use a little vacation time. And, I, you know, I thought after covering the whole book of Ephesians last May in one Sunday that maybe I should take a smaller passage. Uh, and I found a passage in Acts that had similar themes. And I think it's a good problem, but the problem is that God uses this time of preparation to work on me. And I thought I was going to start writing the sermon a couple weeks ago, but God really wasn't done teaching me yet. And so by Thursday this week, I felt, I felt like I was saying, God, please stop. Uh, no more. I need to start writing. Uh, and finally, Thursday night, uh, God started bringing it together for me. Uh, he's still showing me new things, uh, even as I started writing. And so as I wrote then and right now, let's pray. Uh, Father God, You've been convicting me all month uh, about the depths of what my devotion is to you. Uh, I I give you permission to continue, Lord, uh, and I ask that you'll convict all of us, uh, that you'll draw us to want to be closer in our relationship with you and your church. Father, uh, I pray that as we're gathered right now, that we'll show more clearly how worthy you are. Help me to clearly speak your word right now, to speak your truths, and to help us all to live them out. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, the movie Hacksaw Ridge, it's a true story, a World War II film about Desmond Doss. Doss was a medic in the army, and, but what made him stand out was that he refused to carry a gun um, as a matter of faith and religious conviction. His training commanders, they couldn't understand why he would even join the military. He told them, when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor, they attacked me. I just want to do my part. That just doesn't include carrying a gun. As you can imagine, the platoon in basic training, they harassed him horribly. Everybody thought he was a coward. But when this platoon retreated from the 400-foot cliffs on Okinawa uh, for the night after a horrible battle, Desmond stayed on the battlefield. He was hiding from the Japanese, finding the wounded. All through the night, he lowered soldiers down on a rope sling uh, down the cliff, and each time praying, one more, God, help me save just one more. When the night was over, uh, he'd saved over 75 soldiers, and even a few Japanese uh, had been lowered down to safety. Desmond Doss, he was devoted to his country, to his mission right there, and to his faith. Devoted. That's the word that I've been wrestling with all week uh, as I read our passage from Acts. And they devoted themselves. What does it mean to be devoted? What does it mean for me? What's it mean for our church? You make a choice. You commit to a certain lifestyle. I want to be devoted, but am I really willing to be? 
I guess I figure that I'm probably not that different from all of you. If, if I'm struggling with finding challenging being devoted, maybe you guys do too. I'm a big fan of the Chosen series. While the videos are not scripture, the writers try to stay true to the gospel. Uh, and I find every time I watch them and rewatch them, my own faith is deepened. In the first season, there's an episode taken straight from John chapter 3, where the religious leader Nicodemus is uh, meeting Jesus, and he's coming to grips with who Jesus is and starting to believe in him. And the script suggests that Jesus invites Nicodemus to follow him. And you can tell that Nicodemus wants to, but he just can't commit. The lasting image in that video is Nicodemus weeping as the disciples are leaving to follow Jesus. Nicodemus left a monetary offering, uh, but he didn't give himself. He wasn't willing to be devoted. And so that's what I've been asking myself this week. Am, am I like Nicodemus? Am I offering all of myself? Or am I holding back and just giving what's easier? What makes it hard to commit, to sell out to following Jesus? For in that video with Nicodemus, I think some of it, for him, it was a comfortable life. Uh, he had his routine. Uh, there were family pressures. His wife wanted things. Uh, there were obligations of his job and just the familiarity. Fear held him back. Uh, Nicodemus' wife said to him at one point, I like our life. I like my life too. But are there ways that I'm missing uh, the best that God has for us because I'm not fully devoted? Uh, Friday, somebody shared an article with me. Uh, and it suggested that one of the weaknesses of evangelicals is that we undervalue the local church, us right here. Uh, that article said that two-thirds of Americans uh, would agree with the statement, I don't need to be in a church. I've got my family and I've got Jesus. I don't know if the number is right, but that's what the article said. <laughs> Pastor Don preached three weeks ago uh, on these verses from Hebrews chapter 10. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. So getting ready for this, a couple weeks ago, I had a conversation with someone uh, who's not attending a church, but they do have a church background. I asked him, I said, what makes it hard to commit to being part of a church? His answer suggested that in some ways, maybe he was protecting himself uh, uh, from being taken advantage of. He mentioned uh, hypocrisy in the church, uh, kind of a fear of being emotionally manipulated. Uh, he thought that maybe there were, he'd had conditional relationships and that people might want to exploit either his time or money or talents. And as I was thinking about those things and what he said, I thought about the church, and, and those, the church can have those problems. Even in Acts, uh, the early church dealt with these issues. In Acts 5, there's Ananias and Sapphira. Uh, they gave a partial offering, uh, but, and they said, here's everything, but it was only a little bit. Uh, that was hypocritical. Uh, the church, they struggled with accepting people and, and conditional relationships in Acts 15 when the Jewish Christians said, the Gentiles, they've got to be circumcised. They've got to be like us. Uh, there was arguments there about accepting people. Uh, Simon the sorcerer in Acts 8 he offered money because he's like, oh, if I have the Holy Spirit, you know, I can do some amazing things. So I'll, I'll give you money if you'll give me the Holy Spirit. All those things are true. But we're not asked to put our faith in the church. 
uh, we're called to put our faith in Christ. And then we get to rub shoulders with each other in the church. The church should be a laboratory, a safe place where we grow, and, and sometimes we fail too. Uh, but, and that can be scary. Um, to, to be honest with each other, to be real, a lot of times it feels like it would be easier to retreat. Even if we're here in church, it's, we can retreat too. Um, we attend, but you know, do those factors, those fears, do they keep us from fully embracing, fully giving of ourselves? So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Teaching. Hearing God's word is easier than ever, but for many it's becoming less of a habit. Uh, we've got a Monday night uh, evangelism study. Cheryl was sharing her testimony with the group, and she said that when she was growing up in church, her parents brought her to church whenever the doors were open. That meant Sunday morning, Sunday school, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening. Um, and I, with the wrong heart, it can be, I think it can be easy to slip into legalism, uh, like I have to be there. Uh, but for her parents, it was they wanted to be there. Do I want to be there? Do I want to? Uh, do I want to be growing in God's word? Do I want to get up earlier and go to Sunday school? Is it easier to stay home when the weather's blah? Um, do I join a small group that's studying God's word? Or am I afraid that I'm not going to be able to answer a question, that I might look silly or feel awkward? For myself, do I want to give up watching the New York Giants on Sunday night football or some other team that really doesn't matter? Or, <laughs> or, or do I want to be part of a small group that's getting together on Sunday night? Am I willing to get out of bed earlier at 6 in the morning when I could be sleeping so I could study with a group of people. I could study on my own, but will I as much? Making time to do it with others makes it more likely that I'll do the things I say that I want to do. They devoted themselves to fellowship. Galatians 5.22 lists the fruits of the Spirit. And I think fellowship with each other, when we're interacting with each other, that's where we get to share these fruits. Do I want that? Am I willing to do it? So looking at the fruits of the Spirit, do I want to be loving? Or would I rather not be inconvenienced? Do I choose joy? Or would I prefer to be left alone? Do I share peace? Or do I want to hang on to hurts? Do I want to be kind and do good? Or would I just like to take some time for myself? Do I want to be faithful? Or will anybody notice if I let that commitment slide? Do I want to be gentle and show self-control? Or would I just, is it easier just for me to vent and give in to my temptations? Those are the fruits. Uh, they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. And I thought about breaking bread, that's communion. Communion is intentionally remembering and reflecting on Christ's sacrifice and thinking about how and why God has such love for us. Communion should be a time to deepen my appreciation, to look at my heart. But I know, for me, a lot of times when I do communion, it, it's easy to go through the motions. Uh, it, but is, is going through the motions devotion? Do I take the time to do it as deeply? Finally, they devoted themselves to prayer. Here, uh, in the passage, they're talking about corporate prayer. So that's us praying all together with each other, for each other, uh, and, and having all those elements of prayer. So it's, it's confession with together, it's thankfulness, it's praising, 
It's sharing our needs. Uh, to do that together, though, uh, requires a willingness to be vulnerable, to share, uh, to be open. Am I willing to be that open? And then you, you share it together, and, we, and then we can give it to God together. That's, what, that's prayer. Okay, so my, my first point is they devoted themselves. That's the main point. Now, if you're following along in the outline, uh, this is a confession. From, a lot of times when Don is preaching, I try to figure out the next word in the outline before he says it. <laughs> I don't know if you guys do that or not. But, <laughs> uh, and I figure if I get the word before he says it, I get a point and I win. <laughs> so I will give you a hint and give you a chance to win today. All the, letter, all the main points today are brought to you by the letter D. Okay, point number two. You ready? They declared what God was doing. Oh, that's where I hit the clicker, I guess. <laughs> Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. They were filled with awe because the Holy Spirit was on them. Things were happening. They realized that they were part of something bigger than themselves. Now, the verse doesn't say that they were talking about it, that they were declaring but how could they not? If all those things are happening, we, we share what we're excited about. I'm sure they were declaring what God was doing. As a church, do we see what God's doing? Do we give God the credit? I think we need to do a better job of sharing and celebrating how God's at work in our lives individually and together. We need to be declaring what God's doing. Testimonies. So I got a few things on a list here. On Wednesday nights, we're serving meals, 75 to 100 people a week. Last week, there was 85 people we served meals for. There's 20 to 30 of you that are pre helping prepare those meals each month. Not, a, not everybody every week, but we share the load. Um, 61 kids signed up for Awana this year. About 50 kids a week is how many we're having. Uh, a third of those kids are from our church. Two-thirds are from our community. Uh, for our youth group, we've had four middle school students come in the youth group. We've got 20 different high school students that are coming in the youth group. And, okay, parents, I don't know if this is a problem or not. You're going to have to let me know. They don't want to go home when it's done. <laughs> uh, we finish about 9.15, uh, and they don't want to go. That's a good thing. But about 9.45, I'm usually saying, guys, you've got to go home. Your parents are going to get mad. <laughs> uh, it's getting late. It's a school night. <laughs> uh, so, I, parents, if I need to change something, let me know. <laughs> right now, I'm trying to send them out by 10. <laughs> All right, also on Wednesday night, uh, Grief Share meets in the ministry house. Uh, Dick Nichols has a men's study. They meet in the kitchen because there's no other room for them. <laughs> on Sunday mornings, we've got 35, 35 to 40 people that are doing our music and our worship. We've got two different groups uh, in children's church, and we saw all those kids up here this morning. Our children's Sunday school class has grown to about 7 to 10 kids a week. Uh, we started a 6th through 10th grade class focusing on... Bible basics, and so this year it's a survey of the New and Old Testament. Uh, during our adult Sunday school, uh, we've been studying systematic theology. Not on Sunday. We've got three women's study groups, and we've got two men's study groups, and maybe more that, that I don't even know about. We've got two studies that started from the Go and Tell Evangelism worship uh, hap that happened two weekends ago. We've got a group of prime timers. Uh, that's the older people. Uh, don't tell them that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, actually, I, I'm on the age where I, I kind of am right on the cusp of that, too. So, uh, but they, they meet together to uh, encourage and support each other. And many of you, students, adults, you're making an impact in the community as you live out your faith in different ways. 
And, and I would love to find more ways to share what, naturally what's happening. But just quickly, some of the groups and projects that come to mind, I'm going to miss something. Uh, Hope Closet, the LC Clinic, people at the schools, people at the hospital, different community boards, fostering, Gideon's, Rotary. I'm sure there's many more. Okay, so they, they declared what God was doing. Next point, three. They, de- they denied themselves. There we go. Don makes the clicker look so natural. <laughs> All right. They denied themselves. Verse 44 to 45. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to everyone, anyone as he had need. In John 15, verse 12, Jesus is with the disciples, and he says, My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And then a couple uh, pages later, but still the same thing, uh, John, uh, Jesus is praying for the believers. And he says in John 17, verse 20 to 23, My prayer is not for them alone, the disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you've loved me. How did the church live out that prayer of Jesus? All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. How'd they do that? How'd they have everything in common? So when I picture that Jesus and the disciples, that group of they, I picture the, the disciples, the little band of fishermen. But that's not who the they was. Uh, if I go back one verse before what we read today, um, the they, it says, those who accepted Peter's message were baptized, and about 3,000 people were added to their numbers that day. That's the they. 3,000 people. That's not a small group. Acts 2, verse 9 through 11, tells us who the they's are. And this is where it gets fun to pronounce pronounce things. The Parthians, the Medes, the Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia. I heard about that in social studies class. Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia. I know where Asia is. Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, all of them. That's the they. That's a really diverse group of people. Uh, Christ was what they had in common. That's it. But that was everything. What Christ had done for them overcame all those differences. So now looking inward. Does, Christ, does Jesus' love for me overflow to others, to people who are different but still looking to Christ? Who are the different people here in Atlantic or in Cass County or outside, Southwest here? Historically, we're rural and white, but we're also changing. As a church, uh, in the past, we made some bridges with Hispanics, but what about now? What about the Pacific Islanders in our community? 
I, I know there's an unspoken tension there lately, but there's also good and faithful people, believers there too. What about people from different incomes? People that have messy lives, that are looking for and need God's hope. In our bulletin, it says right here, we're called to connect. And we're called to connect real people with the real God. We're going to have to deny ourselves if we, want to, if we were going to do that. How do we support people? Are there churches that are reaching those people that we could partner with to demonstrate our unity? How can we deny ourselves to reach the people around us? Uh, as a church, we've talked uh, occasionally about the, the, the Brown Church Development Study. And uh, we're still, as a board, we're working through some of that and uh, trying to adapt some of those things. But they did identify four different populations in our community that share some of the values that we have as a church. And, um, and it's groups that, we, that they said, you're in a position to reach them with the hope of Jesus. So they classified these people groups as, uh, they have different labels, and we're not going to get into what they all mean, but we have True Grid Americans, Families in Motion, Golden Year Guardians, and Autumn Years. With each group, though, it's going to take denying ourselves to reach them, sacrificing resources, giving up our preferences. It may look hard and difficult, but to do nothing is worse. Jesus said in Luke 9, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. And I think that applies to the church as well. As an illustration, I'm going to go back to these Lego blocks. Not the ones down there, but this, this one here. Okay, these blocks are our church. Black and gold, Atlantic. No. Uh, this blue one here, though, is me. And I'm connected to the church. But if somebody comes in, I can't connect with anybody. I have to, I have to adjust, open up and make some room in my block for others to come in. And so... When I've got some spaces, now I can add other people into my life. I'm still connected to the church here, but now I've got this block here, and it looks a little weird. But that's kind of how God created us. And if, as each of us take our blocks apart and add more blocks, it's a unique creation that God's delighted with. All right. One more thought about denying ourselves. And maybe the Lego blocks apply here too. I was thinking about the old guard and the newcomers. Now, I'm not an Atlantic native, so in my head I think I'm still a newcomer. But I've been here since 2004. I'm definitely in the old guard. Um, we in the old guard need to do a better job of welcoming the newcomers. Uh, we say we want newcomers, and I believe we do, but we also have a hard time opening up our blocks. Uh, to make room. Speaking for myself here, I can be dense. And as two illustrations of that, uh, last spring, Sonia said to me, I'd like to work with the youth. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I forgot about it. And, that, and, and then in August, I was like, okay, we need church volunteers for the youth. And Sonia came up to me and said, uh, Paul, remember I said? <laughs> uh, and, and Sonia's a great youth leader, but, I, but I'm dense. <laughs> Uh, a couple weeks, I think just last week, Abby, Abby said to me, I'd like to help out in any way I can. I'm like, okay, I have a sermon to prepare. I don't know what to tell you right now. <laughs> Give me a week. <laughs> um, 
I haven't forgotten you, Abby, but I, don't have an, I didn't have an immediate answer for her either. Um, Edward, I, I lost my place here. <laughs> um, anyway, so what's my point? The old guard, we need to work at being inclusive, denying our old way of doing things. We need to find a way to make it easier for others to get involved. But I don't want to let the newcomers completely off the hook either. We need you to push your way in. Do it with gentleness and respect, um, but push your way in. Don't wait to be asked. Too often the old guard thinks the newcomers aren't interested in being involved, so they find it easier to do it themselves. If you have a calling for how to do ministry, and I think we all have a calling, then take a risk and get involved. We need you. The, the church, our church, is better for it. Point number four. They demonstrated devotion. Every day, they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Every day they met together. They didn't go to church once a week. They were, they were the church in, in everything they did. They didn't go to church. They were the church. I see many in our youth groups striving to live this way. Many are here on Sunday, and many of the same, are, and some different people are here on Wednesdays, and they're running together, they're doing activities together, they're including each other in their lives. Last Wednesday, I was watching the students together. Uh, they, were, uh, they were praying in pairs with each other. And, and I wish I could take credit for it, but it wasn't me. One of the, they came to me, and they said, we want to pray together, but we want you to match us up randomly with people that aren't our closest friends. Okay, so we did that. Um, so I assigned them to get, you know, I, I, what we did was we pulled sticks. Um, and maybe we'll figure out a different way to do it, but right now we're pulling sticks. But, but I was watching them, and Brielle was standing next to me, and we were looking at all these students that weren't with the people they were close. Seniors were with freshmen, boys with girls, which I, that's, that's normal too. But, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, jocks with music people, uh, whatever, D- different people, all sharing their concerns, and praying for each other. Um, like I said, I, I commented to Brielle, it was amazing to see them around the youth room um, all mixed up. They were demonstrating devotion. So what are some of the opportunities for the church, for you, to demonstrate devotion in the coming months? Uh, in a few weeks, we got Trunk or Treat. October 31st, as uh, the community celebrates Halloween, but uh, Pam's got Trunk or Treat, where where we can share our love that, that our church has with the community by opening up in a non in a more uplifting way uh, gifts for the families and kids in the community. Uh, if you're interested in that, sign up with Pam. She'll be up, <laughs> out there later. Um, we have Operation Christmas Child. I saw the tables are back there. Uh, November 19th is when the boxes are, and that's where we can send a box uh, to kids in other countries uh, who have nothing to share God's love on Christmas Day. Uh, we've got a grandparenting seminar coming up, November 17th and 18th. That's a Friday evening and a Saturday morning. And there's going to be a, a video from Legacy Coalition and, and discussion. And, and the whole goal for that is to challenge... I'm, I, I'm in that group now, uh, too, as grandparents. But how, as grandparents, can we intentionally share God our faith with our grandkids. And maybe, and, and, and your grandkids may not be here, so it's how can we do it when they're away? How can we do it when they're here? Or even if we're in the church, there's all these kids that were up here. 
they're our church grandkids in a way. How can we reach them? Uh, on December 2nd, there's a cookie exchange that they're going to have and a lighted Christmas parade that the community does that night. Uh, those are opportunities to get involved and to share. Uh, you have your own personal ministries. What, what if what you do in your personal ministries when you reach out to people, what if you had somebody from church that did it with you? Would that help? Would that uh, give an opportunity to share your faith that way? Uh, something new we're going to try at Grace Point. Grace Point, five to seven dinners. Uh, it says here, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So Grace Point, five to seven dinner. What's this going to be? It's our attempt to do what God's saying, what we should do naturally, to make an excuse to do it. <laughs> uh, I want to have people over, and I want to get to know people better, but sometimes it's awkward asking out of the blue. And so what this is, what we're going to have is people sign up. If, if you're interested in being part of Grace Point 5 to 7, you sign up, um, and uh, we'll, Cheryl's got a list, and there's a list back where Pam is. Um, and we're, we'll randomly, kind of like, like, like for the youth group, we pull out sticks, we'll randomly assign uh, three to four, uh, five, five to seven adults, which is three to four family gr- units, uh, to have a meal together, either a Saturday night or a Sunday afternoon. You let us know what's better for you. Uh, we'll randomly assign, and then sometime in the next couple months, your group will have a meal together, and you get to know somebody that you wouldn't know as well naturally. We can be the church that way. Uh, and then, assuming that all works well, then in February or January or February, maybe we'll re-scramble it up and do it all over again. Um, so talk to me if you're interested in that, or see Cheryl, or sign up. Okay, last point. They made a decision to receive God's blessing. Verse 47 says, Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Two weeks ago, Jim Halstead asked us, Do we love them? Meaning the community. Do we love them enough to share? Last week, Pastor Don, studying uh, Hebrews 11, asked us, What does obeying by faith, regardless of the consequences, look like? If you haven't watched The Chosen, if you have watched The Chosen, you remember the scene with Nicodemus. And if you haven't watched The Chosen, you should. Um, but, but picture Nicodemus uh, with his hands over his face, his shoulders heaving. Um, I don't want to get to the end and find myself weeping because I couldn't fully devote uh, myself to following Jesus and being part of his church. It may not be easy, but I don't want that for me. And I don't want that for our congregation. God leaves the decision to us, to me, but he provides the means when we decide to devote to him. So would you join me in praying? Father God, we confess, I confess, I do not put you first like I ought. Uh, We do not do that. Um, Other things slip in the way of our priorities. Father, we ask your forgiveness. Uh, Help us to desire you more. Help us to be devoted. God, you give us strength. We ask uh, for your gifting, your talents, that you've given each of us to be evident in our church. We ask that you'd help grow our church, help us to make a difference in our community, to share your love with the world. In Jesus' name, amen.